This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get started on BetQLU, presented by BetQL. You can download the BetQL app as we put up our fancy-schmancy graphic, as always, on a Saturday. As I pull it up here. BetQL tells you which side professional bettors are picking real-time line movement and historical betting results. Download the BetQL app today in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Tom, my man, on a Saturday, it is the last regular season uh, slate of college basketball on a Saturday. How are we doing, man? I'm doing good. It's uh, it's hard to believe. We're one week away from Selection Sunday. Uh, it, it feels like it's taken us forever to get here, but I, I can tell you why. I, that's going to be my most anticipated Selection Sunday ever. I'm dying. What's a, what's a Tom College basketball round? Because, I mean, this schedule is a little bit different this year. You have the uh, first slate of the round of 64 on Friday. The second leg of it on Saturday. What's a typical round of 64 time on the recliner Saturday or Friday, I guess, in this well, case, looking like? So, so I've been writing down Selection Sunday longer than you've been alive. So people make fun of me because I still do that. Like I get a sheet of paper and I write down as they're saying it, even though they're going to be on the Internet a half second later. So I start there because that's my tradition. Then I have those papers around all week for no reason. Um, but the. This is this is such a barricade that my wife, if she needs to talk to me for four days, has a list and she writes things down if it's not an emergency. Like if it's just a random what happened at work, if she comes in and tells me what happens at work, I mean, you're talking about divorce four days later. That's that's how serious it is. So, yeah, I got the sweatpants laid out. Mr. Patel, our, our fan, you, you you might notice that I shaved down the old hair I so I don't have to worry about uh, the, the the hairs. And, uh, you know, I get drinks. I get food. But, um, you know, I got to tell you, this job really cramping my – This job's cramping my style, though, because we got to get on – we got to get on camera. We got to do – we got to do shows. We got to write. I mean, usually by midnight, I'm uh, I'm out. So we'll have to – I'll have to change that a little bit. But I'm excited. Yeah. It's a great breakdown. We have a, we have a, a full schedule to give out to you guys, yep. uh, to give out to everybody who's listening and watching. So Monday, we're going to do a live – conference tournament show i think around try to do it earlier in the night maybe around six um we'll break down all the major conference tournaments that's going to start at around 6 p.m eastern on betql uh at betql app on twitter same deal as today facebook youtube all that good stuff we'll do another show on saturday so a conference tournament show on saturday breaking down the conference championship games all that stuff and then monday or selection sunday night uh at about 11 p.m eastern we're going to break down uh, all of the all the games and our give out our final four picks, give out some futures we like, some lines that stick out immediate immediately uh, after Selection Sunday. And then we're going to do a Wednesday pod, breaking down our best bets. Uh, so that's Wednesday the 14th, I believe. That Selection Sunday is the 14th. Uh, Wednesday, March 17th, we'll give out our best bets for the round of 64. 
and then we'll do another one on Sunday for the round of 32. So a loaded uh, a loaded uh, guest schedule for BetQLU with Tom and I. You can follow Tom on Twitter at the Tom Casal. You can follow me on Twitter at Eli Herskovich. We don't want to waste the people's time anymore, my man. Uh, let's get into our best bets for Saturday's college basketball card. Then we'll break down the rest of the card along with your questions. Uh, what's your favorite bet today on the card, man? Yeah, I have an ugly card today. I mean, it's it's so ugly, I might fade myself. The I like if you can get four with American, um, then against Army, that's the number, four. And it's back up to four right now. So I would take uh, – am I breaking this down now, or are we just giving out the bets? Yeah, no, break it down. Okay, so there – we we gave out American last week against Bucknell, right? And we and I and I said that the, they're they finally got their starting lineup back. So Americans four and three with that lineup. Two of the losses are to Navy at the start of the season, and the other one is when they just came back, uh, Becton and uh, Johnny O'Neill. And the game they went back, they went one for thirteen uh, from the field. So that's why we liked them last week, getting points against Bucknell. They started heating up. They scored 40 combined in the sweep over Bucknell. The offense is so much different with those two, especially Becton, because he gives them another score besides Jamar Harris. Um, With those two in the lineup, they're averaging 76 points a game. Without them and the game that they just came back, that one game they came back, they're averaging 56 points. That's a 20-point difference. Army, 3-5 and in their last eight games after a fast start. I like the four points. I think it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, I think Americans going to be able to get their – uh, some three-point looks off against a Army defense that struggles to defend the perimeter, too. So I, I like it. I think there's value in that line. Looking at the Don Best board just to see where this line is fluctuating at or if we're getting a pretty consistent line. Yeah, four and a halfs across the board. So I think you're getting some pretty good value there, keeping it within two possessions. Yeah, and so it's yeah, it's been going between three and a half, four. Now it's up to four and a half. So, yeah, I mean, game starts at three Eastern time. I, I grabbed the four and a half. Four is my number. That uh, That's the... That, that's the number I would play it at. So I think you're getting some good value there. What else are you looking at today? Best bets. Okay, so I like the over in the UCLA-USC game. It's set at 135. I have that number more around 138, 139. And what I like about so the first time they played, remember UCLA had the late scratches right before the game, and it was 66-48. I mean, UCLA just – they didn't have their players that game. Right. But one one thing I like UCLA is shooting the ball very well over the last month, and they lost the games to or, to Oregon and Colorado. Those were both tight games down to the you know down to the wire. So I, I like the way they match up with USC's uh, defense, but more importantly, USC got back to what they do against Stanford. They must. I mean, I watched the first half of that game, and it was such a blowout. I didn't watch the second so gross. half, but yeah, but I mean, every possession they got it down in the paint. When USC had that losing streak, I don't know what they were. They got away from what they do. They were taking too many threes, but they have a big edge on UCLA down low with the size with Mobley. So I think they're going to do what they want offensively. I like the way UCLA sets up against them um, offensively. So 135, I think, is a good number to go over. And I don't bet many totals, so this is a rarity for me. But I think, uh, you know, I like the matchup here. That's how you know it's kind of a weird Saturday for Tom. He's got well, I guess American isn't weird, so that's not that's not the. It's an ugly. Path. It's an ugly day. That's yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't love the card either. Uh, no. USC, uh, UCLA taking the over there. Yeah, just going back to the first time these two teams played. To Tom's point, uh, USC blew them out. Uh, only what? So this was a combined score of one fourteen. So, uh, but yeah, you could definitely say the total total is a little underinflated. Uh, Cody Riley for UCLA didn't play. They obviously haven't had Chris Smith. 
for a long stretch. The one thing I will say in your favor, too, is UCLA really struggled in the latter part of the second half when Oregon went on that run because the Ducks' ball pressure has been tremendous. And that's mm-hmm. basically a prototypical Dana Altman defense with that 2-3 zone. And they trap you. They play like a three-quarter court uh, or three-quarters of the court press in the second half when they're down and even when they're trying to just disrupt their offense when they're up. And UCLA really couldn't get into their half-court sets. But USC doesn't turn opponents over. Uh, you're looking at like a bottom three, bottom four opponents turnover rate in Pac-12 play. So if UCLA is able to get their shooting going like you're talking about with Juzang, who's been pretty good of late, um, this this probably does go over and it's a little underinflated. Yeah, and uh, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. I have one more. Uh, this one's really ugly. I like Indiana State getting the 11 against Loyola. Uh, you know, I'm a big Loyola fan, but I think they're a little bit inflated here on a neutral court. These two teams played earlier in the season. They split. Indiana State won one game um, uh, and and then uh, lost lost the other game by 10 really points. Really early in conference play. Really, yeah. really early in conference play. But the thing I like about Indiana State is they're the – the Valley has a lot of young teams this year. You're going to see next year in the Valley uh, teams like Northern Iowa. I mean, Illinois State's young. Southern Illinois is young. I mean, there's a lot of young teams. Indiana State's one of the more experienced teams in the Valley. And I think they're a little underrated going into the tournament. Uh, 11 just seems a little much for me in this game. So I'm going to take a shot. I think Larry Bird's going to get free for some three-pointers. Uh, take the 11 with Indiana State. I like that. Back to the future a little bit there. Yeah, I think I think Loyola Chicago is a little bit overinflated in the market. I don't know if Indiana State has the big to match up with Cam Crutwig, but you're getting you're getting over four around four possessions with a decent Indiana State team, decent backcourt. Uh, Loyola's defense has been very good, the number one defense in the Missouri Valley during the regular season, and as we I guess a game into Arch Madness for them. I I can't believe. It's one of my favorite Sunday traditions, the Arch Madness title game, and it's tomorrow. Tomorrow, and that's you make a good point. But if you're up by 16 or 17 with four minutes to go, you got to play tomorrow. Maybe you take some of those guys. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. that's the other reason I kind of like the 11 with Loyola having to play again tomorrow against either. Well, you'll tell us who it's going to be in a, in a minute because you have a play on the other game. Yeah. But the so the, you know, hey, if Loyola wins by 30, they win by 30. But if we can keep it to within 15, 16 points throughout the entire game, I think we got a shot late. Yeah. No, I listen. I, I like the play. Um, I would lean Indiana State too, getting the points against Loyola Chicago. All right, let's, so my best bets for today. And again, we're doing this a little different today on BetQLU. We're giving out our best bets to start off the show. Then we'll get into the rest of the card, answer your questions. You could tweet them to us, or you could tweet them in the uh, the comment box as we broadcast here on Facebook, on Twitter, at BetQL app, to search BetQL, uh, BetQL on Facebook if you want to watch there. You could also watch on YouTube. We're broadcasting across all platforms today until noon. Eli hates trade. So we know it's coming. We'll get to that game in a second. I have good reasoning, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe it's a lean. Um, Tom kind of gave it away. Kind of a piece of shit move. All right. On to my, well, I said time. you had a pick in the game. I mean, I can't help you keep picking against the same teams. That's not on me. I, I don't remember the last time I bet against Drake. Okay. I guess it's more of a Twitter thing. Also, this guy's sports nut, like 111, 12. He's a hard on for you because like every, every time, every time you tweet something, he comes at me for no reason. Just tags me. It says like, oh, Eli, Eli did like have a good lead there. All right, guess what? I don't give a hey, shit. Us Patriot League fans, we stick together. We're <laughs> we're a tight group. That's true. Yeah. Tell. 
All right. Got a little emotional there. Got to take a sip of water. All right. First bet today on the college basketball card, Alabama at Georgia. So Alabama's already clinched the SEC regular season title. That happened last week. Bad B for Tom in the Alabama-Mississippi State game. Uh, Tied to win that one outright. Don't cover the spread. Molnar for Mississippi State covers it with in the final 10 seconds of the game. This is Georgia's Super Bowl uh, for the Bulldogs. Tom Crean, I guess we can call him a friend of a sh- friend of the show, even though he's never been on the show. <laughs> I-, I think I'm going to be able to get him on during the tournament. I'm going to make that my mission. Uh, we're, you know, we're friendly, so hopefully, hopefully uh, Tom Crean, we can get two times on BetQLU during the tournament at some point. But um, I think George is able to expose Alabama down low. Alabama giving up the second or the highest two-point score in rating SEC play. Georgia with the uh, third highest two-point scoring rate offensively in conference play. I get it. Like, it's a plug-your-nose spot against an Alabama team that's shooting around 28% from three. If they get hot against a Georgia defense that is susceptible to the three ball, this could be another 20-plus point loss for the Bulldogs. But I'm expecting a motivated Georgia team that if you go back to some of their uh, earlier, er, uh, I guess over the last couple weeks, they're not super early in conference play, um, they beat LSU as a three-point home dog, five-point home dog, that is. And then they beat Missouri at home as a three-point home dog going back to a few weeks ago. So we've seen Georgia come out motivated at home. If I mean, they could lose. They'll probably lose the first game of the SEC tournament. But I think Kamara has a big game for Georgia down low against a – Jordan Bruner being back is big for Alabama, but this is still not a super imposing Alabama front court in terms of physicality on the block. So I think if Georgia's able to keep this more in the half quarter, at least get to the rim, and Alabama's three-point shooting still is struggling, which they haven't shown signs of breaking out since the beginning of conference play when they were shooting like close to 42 43% from three. I think Georgia's able to uh, keep this thing within three possessions. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the motivation theory. Um, yeah, and we, I brought this up uh, on the pod uh, last week against LSU, a game Georgia actually won. And we were saying to us, we really want to take them, but we didn't because of the the way they struggle against teams that play fast. You know, Alabama won. They play fast. Yes, yeah, so they scored 115 on them last time. You know, LSU 94, Arkansas 99, Auburn 95. I mean, and even just look at the last game, a, a team that was really struggling in South Carolina but plays fast. They lost that one, um, you know, 91 to 70. So that would be my one concern if, is if Alabama does show up. I don't know if Georgia has the defense to stop them, but I, I, I understand, you know, and I understand your theory that uh, Alabama's already locked everything up. So, I mean, that's, you know, I, you know, I kind of like Arkansas today to blow A&M out of the water, but in these, these final games, you got to wonder what the motivation is for some of these bigger teams who are looking ahead to the conference tournament and also the NCAA tournament. So, you know, you have to wonder, like, how much does Arkansas care playing about with Texas A&M and how much is Alabama going to care playing against Georgia today? We had um, – who was it on the podcast? Who was our, like, video guy that we had on a couple weeks ago on that QLU? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll get the name. Video guy. <laughs> One of our guests from a couple weeks ago on that QLU. Oh, the guy who breaks down the video. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't remember his name. I, 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 Tom, great the, insight for Tom. Literally reiterating exactly what I said. The, uh, listen, when you about, when you when you get old like me, I mean, listen. Yesterday, I finally got the benefits of being old. I forgot to bet Duquesne at eleven o'clock in the morning. So the yes, being old and forgetful has finally paid off. 
So one of our guests from a couple of weeks ago, hopefully, I mean, if he's watching, I guess he appreciates the mention. He was talking about Alabama's defense and something Nate Oates said, um, going back to, again, something recently in the latter part of conference play, that he didn't expect Alabama's defense to be playing this well. And they're playing above their ceiling, which you could take as a positive. And I'm not saying that necessarily is it should be incorporated into, today, into today's handicap because, like Tom said, if Alabama's running all over Georgia, making their threes, they've been inconsistent, but let's say they have a bounce-back day and they're not sleepwalking through this game, they're going to blow out Georgia, regardless of how their defense plays. But it is kind of concerning going into the NCAA tournament with this team um, from a defensive standpoint if they if they have reached their ceiling because we're talking about an SEC uh, a conference that is so down this year. Uh, granted, Alabama's playing terrific basketball, or so is Arkansas, but I, I, I get it like that people are bullish on both of those teams. I have an Alabama future, but I was also expecting the conference to be good this year with Tennessee and Kentucky, and I thought Alabama would play above their level, um, and they have, but the conference is also down as a whole. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is, and I think, it, you know, Alabama and Arkansas are two teams that, if given the right draw, can cause some trouble in the tournament, but you're right. I, I think teams, I mean, uh, we were talking yesterday, and I said the NCAA tournament's going to be easy for the Big 12 teams, you know, like Texas and West Virginia. That's going to be like practice after playing each other every night, so I think that does matter come tournament time. No doubt. So that's my first bet uh, of the day. Just going back to Georgia, taking Georgia plus eight. You could read more of my breakdown on BetQL. Uh, You can download the BetQL app in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Another graphic mention there pop up. Um, My other bets I'm going to get to in a second. I I did want to mention, you mentioned the Big 12, a part of that breakdown too. We both bet Texas Longhorns futures. They play tomorrow against TCU. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll I guess we'll hit on that game. We'll hit on Texas Futures later in the show. But you brought up the conference. Just wanted to bring that up. They're available at one sportsbook, one legal sportsbook at 40 to 1, which is a pretty crazy number for a team like Tom mentioned that the conference is, unlike the SEC, it's one of the best. You could say the Big Ten's better. But I would say from a standpoint of teams making a run of the dance, I think the Big 12 is is the best conference in college basketball. Yeah, I don't so, even think it's close. So, like, yeah. when you're talking about, like, teams making a run, like, Maryland's not making a run. The, you know what I mean? Like, it's – they Texas can win a game. Like, a run. Right, that's what I mean. If you're looking at teams that could end up in the Final Four, I only see a couple from the Big Ten. I mean, Wisconsin's not going anywhere. So, the Big 12 has, like, five or six teams, I think, that could do that. All right, so let's keep moving on. So, just to recap, because we do, we do have some people that are uh, joining the stream that – uh, are a little late to the party here. So why don't you give up uh, or give out your best bets for today so far? And I'll give out, uh, I, I just mentioned Georgia. So I'll break down the rest of mine after you give out your best bets. Yeah, I have, a, I have American plus four. I have Indiana State plus 11 and UCLA, USC over 135. Man, just saying it out loud, it sounds like 0-3. I just, ugh. <laughs> uh, my God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, it, you know, so like I like we've said before, some Saturdays, like I got like 12 games written down. And I'm like, wow, I love it. The, the card uh, this Saturday w- wasn't great. So we'll see what happens. But those are my three top plays. All right. Um, my second bet for today on the card is starts at four Eastern Missouri State versus Drake in the Arch Manus semifinals, Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. For those of you that aren't familiar with Arch Manus, if you go back to the middle part of conference play. Tom and I were both on uh, Missouri State on the first. I was on the first leg of the, of the uh, I think it was back-to-back or two and three nights. And you were on the second leg of it. 
Uh, yeah, it was yeah. back-to-back. Uh, we both they lost. Won, they should have won both those games. Yes, they should have won both those games. And I think in the first one, granted, Drake was coming off the COVID layoff, so you could take that into consideration. Drake showed up in the second half, but uh, Missouri State also played really well in the second leg of that game. What, they were four-and-a-half, four-point dogs in that one, and they they lost by the hook, something like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a couple weird, like the game I bet um, uh, Missouri State was coming down for either the tie or the lead. They shot a three. It was a long rebound. And then Drake went back the other way and got a, a crazy dunk on, and, and an and one. I mean, it was stuff like that that was just kind of like bad luck stuff. Um, but the games were super close and competitive. Yeah, no doubt. And you think about who played in those games for Drake. Roman Penn and Hemphill. They're big. Who's Hemphill's out for this game. They they're the rest team, I guess, for the Missouri Valley uh for the Arch Madness tournament, which I'm kind of surprised about. Um, because I don't think Drake's a lock. I guess if they get if they win this game and they get to the title game tomorrow, you're probably in, considering how you played in in um it, throughout the conference schedule, even though this is the Missouri Valley um, you know, it's an MBC conference that only typically gets one team in. You're probably looking at two if Drake wins this game. But without Hemphill, without Roman Penn, who's been out for, for a little stretch here for Drake, done for the year, I think I think Missouri State's able to keep this thing within a couple points. You're getting two points um, at some books. It's one and a half at others. I would take Missouri State today. I am taking Missouri State today. And if you look at it, if you look at this from a matchup perspective, Drake getting up the third highest two-point scoring rate in uh, Missouri Valley play. Um, and Missouri State averaging the fifth highest two-point scoring rate. And more importantly, Drake is Drake allows a ton uh, of free throws, and Missouri State gets to the line at the second highest rate, uh, at least from a scoring perspective, the amount of points that come from beyond the arc, uh, inside the arc, and from the free throw line. And I think Missouri State's able to expose Drake, especially in transition today. Both teams want to run. Missouri State a little more so if they get out of transition or able to clean up on the glass. I think they're able to win this game outright, but I'll take the two points. Yeah, and the good thing is too is if uh, like if we don't do the show anymore, people can remember us by hey, remember those two guys who bet against Drake and Loyola in the Missouri Valley Conference uh, <laughs> tournament. So yeah, the no, I mean I think it's an even game. Uh, Missouri State to me, one of the, a team that's just has flown under the radar because of uh, the conference they're in. And I will say this: I saw both games against Loyola. If they win today and they play Loyola, that is a bad matchup because what. I mean, they just got owned down low in that game. But the other thing, too, was it was also also they had a tough schedule. They played Drake twice and then Loyola twice. So they were coming off those two emotional wins or losses against Drake and had to come into to Loyola. So right. you know, I think this is a very strong team that's been undervalued. I mean, you're not getting you, – Drake and Navy are weird because, uh, like I said last week, the, the market hasn't – hasn't really overreacted with either team. Drake a little bit, they started to come come on, but now with the uh, injuries. Yeah, it, but I mean, you're not getting a ton of value, so you're kind of you're you're betting Missouri State to win this game. So we'll see. I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I just want to get on my tweet for today. What do you think the line is? If so, if we go, if I guess if we look at Loyola Chicago, Missouri State, or Drake for that matter, I, I would say Loyola Chicago Drake without Hemphill is probably, and I guess it's not confirmed he's out, but it's expected that he's going to be out today against Missouri State. I, I still took the two because um, that's the that's the uh, projection for Drake's starting lineup. Um, I, if it's Drake, Loyal Chicago, I think you're probably looking at Loyal Chicago minus two. 
somewhere in that range, minus two, minus two and a half, maybe minus three. Yeah, I, I think it might be minus three. The, the market loves Loyola, um, you know, but I mean, but, you know, hey, let's not jump ahead of ourselves. Some people think that might be Indiana State, I, you know, I, some crazy people. I, <laughs> would, you, would you sprinkle on the money line? No, no, no. I I, I, I think the way I, the Indiana State plays, the, the I, I think it could they could keep it within 10 points. But no, I, I expect Loyola to be in the championship game. Um, and – I would take them tomorrow. No, no questions asked against Drake. Uh, I, I think they match up. The first game we saw them go on that big run. I think you know they present a lot of problems for Drake. I know Drake came, and Drake's a good team. They came back and won that second game, but I would like Loyola a lot tomorrow if they played Drake. We got a comment from As Seen on TV. Big fan of the show, so we appreciate that. I don't know what his real name is, but As Seen on TV. Shout out to you. A lot of Twitter shout outs from him. Um, about that QL. You asked about the total uh, for Missouri State Drake, 139.5. Um, I, I kind of lean to the under, even though Missouri State wants to play at a, a faster tempo. And that kind of uh, is why I like them in this game, especially if they can clean up on the glass and, and get to the free throw line, get inside the lane, um, and get to the rim. But just because of how Drake might be a, l- a little limited, I mean, they're, they've been without Penn, like I said, for a stretch. But no Hemphill today. He's also been out for a stretch. I would lean the under. Um, it's it's probably about right. So I I mean I'm not betting it myself, and it's not really a strong lean by any means. But I guess a slight lean to the under in that game. Yeah, I mean I think the numbers right. I probably lean the other way just because I think both okay. teams want to want to get out and uh and play faster, especially at, and it, like if, if Missouri State, if your side, I, I think that's the that's the game they're going to try to play today. So I I could see them scoring in the 70s today. All right, so that's two of my three bets. I'm on Georgia plus eight. I'm on Missouri State plus two. We have a comment from Blake Walters on YouTube. Any thoughts on waiting to see if Drake starts fast and grabbing a bigger live number with Missouri State? I would say I, no, um, I, just because of what Drake's lineup is going to look like Look like without Hemphill. Yes, they still have some pretty capable scores, but I would say maybe if you want to be a little more cautious at a piece, maybe a half a unit on Missouri State plus two, and then if you want to wait to add the next half unit or whatever, quarter of a unit, whatever you're trying to put down to the game, uh, try to get on the rest of that live. I, I think I think Missouri State's going to start out fast um, against a Drake team that's going to be pretty limited offensively. So I would, I would, I, I, I put a full unit down on the game already. I might look to add live if Missouri State starts out slow, but I, I wouldn't, uh, I, if you, if you want to add, again, if you want to add during the game, that's fine, but I would at least get something down for a game. Seton Hall against St. John's. I love Seton Hall in this spot. They've lost three in a row. St. John's was down by 11 at the break. Outscored Providence by 20-plus in the second half to win that game by double digits. I was thinking about taking Providence today, and we'll get to that game against Villanova. Uh, Gillespie done for the year towards ACL against Creighton. But, uh, well, again, we'll hit on that game in a little bit. Don't want to give it away. But I like Seton Hall a lot today. Um, if you go back to the first time these two teams played early in conference play, Mamu Kalishvili had a huge game down low against this uh against the Johnnies, and we saw it in the first half against Providence. Providence was really able to assert themselves down low. Didn't work too much in the second half, but uh, St. John's given up the third highest two-point scoring rate in uh, Big East play. Seton Hall needs to attack down low, and they can get to the free throw line, too. On top of Mamu Kalishvili having a big game, uh, big game down low, the highest free throw uh, the sc- highest free throw scoring rate in Big East play. So kind of similar to Missouri State for me, I think. Seton Hall is able to dominate down low in this game in a must-win spot. The Big East tournament is wide open, man. 
Um, I, I haven't decided yet if I want to maybe put a little sprinkle on Seton Hall to win the conference tournament. I know a, a popular play is going to be UConn. UConn. And they're, I think, sitting around nine and a half point favorites today against Georgetown. But without Gillespie for Villanova, um, with the stuff that's going on with Creighton and Greg McDermott, the favorite is still probably going to be Villanova. It is going to be Villanova. But UConn can win the conference tournament. Seton Hall, if they get hot, can win the conference tournament. I, I think it's wide open. No, no doubt about it. That's going to be, with, with everything going on with those top two teams, I'd still give Villanova a slight lean, only because I don't think the conference is that great this year. I think there would be more value if those teams were better. I think Providence is garbage. You know, the so uh, Seton Hall is interesting. The they're not quite as good as I thought they were going to be. I know we talked about them when we first started this show. Right, the team that maybe yeah. gets on, yeah, gets on a run here, and and it just hasn't happened. So I don't really have a strong opinion on the game today, but I do think that tournament is going to be wide open. Could be some crazy games in there. And yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, and we'll, we'll again, we're going to hit on the conference tournaments on Monday uh, in a special BetQLU edition sometime in the night. We'll tweet it out. Just follow. Uh, myself on Twitter at Eli Herskovich. Follow Tom on Twitter at the Tom Casali. All right. So recapping our bets, Georgia plus eight, uh, Missouri State plus two, and Seton Hall. This line is up to two. I got it at one earlier this morning. I would still take it at two. I don't think I don't think this line's gonna dip back to one and a half. Um, even though again, you you might say, why is Seton Hall favored losing three in a row? St. John's having a big win against Providence. I think Seton Hall really matches up well down low. So those are my three bets. And I would take Seton Hall minus two, even though I got a minus one earlier today. Tom, what about you? Yeah, and just to mention, BetQL does have a four-star play on your Georgia plus eight. So they're with you on uh, on the dogs getting the points today. Um, I'm on American plus four, Indiana State plus 11, and over UCLA, USC. And just a quick note, um, this which is devastating for my Navy future to win the Patriot League. Um, not only are Cam Davis and Richard Njoku out today, they're out for the entire tournament. So no Navy play today. On to a couple A-10 tournament games. Um, St. Louis against St. Bonaventure. Uh, this is, Again, these are being played in Virginia. Um, St. Louis is, I believe, still a three-point favorite. Two and a half, three here. Yeah, it's actually, it's, okay, so it's two pretty much across the board. St. Louis minus two, a little juice on that. Uh, total of 132, uh, 131 at some other shops. I have a Billikens future uh, to win the A-10 tournament so I'm, I'm gonna stay away from this game i'm just gonna sit down and watch i think st louis does win this game though uh if the bodies shoot well from three that's that's how you're gonna beat st louis but i like st louis's physicality in this one with the san french um and i think st louis does win this game i don't know by one or two or three uh or maybe more about more than a possession but i like the billikins here to win yeah and i i mean you know i took st louis to win it all preseason and they're not gonna win it all that they've had a rough still year with the tournament whole, but, they, but that's the thing like this is a team I still think if they make the tournament, if they get the right draw, can make the Sweet 16. That They have that kind of talent. Uh, so I'm going to do the same with you and sit, sit sit back and watch because you just, I mean, the market loves St. Louis. They love them. You know what I mean? So you're not never really getting any value betting them. So what I will say is this. If they win today, I will bet St. Louis in the chair. If, if you can give me, say, if, if that team, knowing they're how good they are. The, they're going to be probably around minus two tomorrow. Um, especially if against Davidson, it's probably right. more than more tomorrow. But VCU, even with those in, or with those injuries, especially with Highland and Williams dealing with some injuries, even if they win today, uh, you're probably looking at 
one or two. They're going to be favorites. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping it's VCU. I like that. But if you can give me this St. Louis team that was this talented coming into the year, had some issues, and then get them one game away from the tournament, I'll take that. That'll be a big play for me tomorrow. Okay. Uh, the other, yeah, so we're staying away from this game. I have my A-10 future on St. Louis. I'm just going to sit on and watch. Hopefully the Billikens can pull that out. And if you listen to the BeckQLU podcast during the week, subscribe, rate, and review. Hopefully you got that future in as well. Uh, the other A-10 tournament game today is um, uh, Davidson against VCU. That line's sitting at uh, VCU minus one, minus one and a half. Money's coming on Davidson over the last hour or so. Uh, 132 is the total, 133 at some other shops. Yeah, Eileen Davidson here, that they just beat VCU. I think it's a good matchup for them because they don't turn the ball over at all. Um, but then again, they don't turn anybody over, and that's VCU's uh, weakness as well. But I think if Davidson can get their pace like they did in that last game and they're hitting their threes, I, I like them here. I'll, like I said, I'll be rooting for VCU because I want a St. Louis VCU final, but I do lean Davidson here. Yeah, it's VCU looked good yesterday, and Hyland yeah. looked really good. I had him yesterday once I found out that um, he was playing there. And uh, and that, that's – listen, I know Dayton – that's an awful matchup for Dayton. That's uh, Dayton could have won that tournament possibly if they didn't have to play VCU. Right. And that's that's the issue. I mean, I mean, just go back to yesterday. They were – I mean, they, had, they were fully healthy, kind of like what we were talking about just with COVID cases all year, just teams not being right. Dayton was, was healthy, and it just wasn't a good matchup. I would say the same goes for for uh, Davidson today, just in terms of what they rely on, their three-point shooting. And VCU has a pretty good perimeter defense just because of the way they defend with that ball pressure. So I'm going to stay away. I guess I would lean VCU. Um, but I, I kind of want to wait to, to uh, tomorrow. I'll probably add on uh, if St. Louis is around, I, maybe the market comes back on VCU. If it's around a pick or if it's uh, St. Louis minus one, I'll, I'll probably add to my Billikens A-10 tournament future tomorrow but a big sunday yeah, if, it, if it's st louis and vcu we got a brinks truck special yes i i'm with you there um big sunday card florida at tennessee wisconsin at iowa penn state at maryland texas tech at baylor uh michigan michigan state memphis houston a lot going on tomorrow uh what sticks out to you yeah one of the things about me is uh and th- this has developed over the years is i i, I i'm willing to change my opinion all right i i might have a strong opinion in January, but by March, that might change. And I'm changing a little bit on Iowa because I think if they can play that kind of defense going into the tournament, I don't know if they'll make the final four. I still think they have some issues, but I'll tell you what, the first two rounds, they're fixing to slaughter somebody. So that might be a good, good. Uh, but this Wisconsin team, Listen, I know people keep they waiting. They can't shoot right they keep now. waiting. It's, 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 it's March. There's no more waiting, all right? They're going to get blown out tomorrow, I think. I think people are going to – the market's going to bet Wisconsin. Yeah. The Sharps are going to bet Wisconsin. I might bet Wisconsin. And they're going to – yeah, you'll bet Wisconsin. <laughs> and even though you know it's the wrong play because you've been texting me about Iowa for two weeks. Well, but no, no, no. But Iowa's <laughs> not the right play tomorrow. I, I'm no, like, I'm not I'm saying – I'm not, I'm not going to bet the game. I'm just saying yeah. I got a feeling – because to me, there's those teams like Wisconsin. We keep waiting, waiting, waiting. You keep thinking there's value, value, value. But they just are who they are. And I don't think they're a very good basketball team. They've lost four out of their last five, maybe five out of their last six at this point. Four out of their last five going into this game. If they if if they get any sort of any sort of three-point shooting with the way Iowa defends, whether it's matchup zone for Fran at times, whether it's man-to-man, they can keep this thing within two possessions. The line's probably going to be around five and a half, six. If they don't shoot well, like they didn't against Purdue, like they didn't against Illinois for 
four fifths of that game, five sixths, um, nine tenths, whatever, whatever, whatever decimal you want to give me. Um, they're they're gonna get blown out, like Tom mentioned. So I, yeah, I mean, the line's the right. The the I, I wouldn't take Iowa because I don't think you're getting any value there. So right, but, I do lean Wisconsin though. I do. Um, I'm not gonna play it. I'm, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna take Iowa in the first round against like Grand Canyon. They kick the snot. They love kicking the snot out of teams like that. Listen, people want to hit on Iowa still. I mean, they're top inside the top sixty in adjusted defensive efficiency. They are defending at a much higher level over the last. Um, two weeks on to the rest of the card, Florida, Tennessee, uh, revenge spot for Tennessee at home. They're probably going to be a two and a half, three point favorite. I think Florida is a shot to make a run in the sec tournament, but, and this Tennessee team is so hard to trust. I'm going to stay away though. I think that line is probably right. Tennessee is playing like, okay, basketball. They're just so inconsistent. If you go back to the Kentucky game, then they lose, then they blow out Vanderbilt on the road. Then they lose, uh, on the road at Auburn without Sharif Cooper for the Tigers, it's a bounce back spot, a little revenge spot too for the balls. I'm probably going to stay away. Maybe a little value on Florida if you're if you're getting over a possession, but a stay away spot for me with Tennessee and, and Florida. Yeah, I mean the spot says Tennessee, but this is another one of those teams. You know, I mentioned our, our buddy Reed Wallach uh, talking about Syracuse in the tournament. When I yelled at him, he uh, he replied, uh, "What if they play Tennessee?" I said, "Well, you got me there. If they <laughs> if Syracuse plays Tennessee, that's the team they can beat because uh, yep. they don't. You know, they have those erratic shooting nights. It's one of those teams I just feel like should be a lot better. Um, they just haven't had that consistency throughout the year. So I know this is a good spot." And, you know, I, again, I don't want to give out live betting uh, advice with my track record, but Florida might be a nice live bet if they get down Great. a little bit early. Yeah. So that I, I do like this Florida team though. Uh, I, I'm starting to really, uh, uh, you know, that'll be an interesting team for me in the NCAA tournament. Where are they seated? Who are they going to play? And so, uh, yeah, I do like them long-term. Memphis and Houston. I will be on the Tigers in this game. Uh, they're going to get around over three possessions. Kempot makes this line 12. They're playing really good basketball. And here's the key with, with Houston matching up with uh, with the Cougars. You you have to be able to uh, match up against their game rebounding. Yep. You absolutely have to. And Memphis has one of the better rebounding percentages in college basketball at both ends of the floor, especially in conference play. Um, the, the, and if you look overall this season, too, 23rd highest offensive rebounding rate and 38th highest defensive rebounding rate going up against the second highest offensive rebounding rate, not in AAC, but in, in college basketball, I, I really like Memphis to keep this thing within, let's say, three or four possessions. Uh, speed Houston up a little bit in transition. I think Memphis has a shot to make the tournament if they win this game. Uh, maybe win a game or two in the probably need to actually make the conference title game in the tournament. But I will be on Memphis tomorrow. Yeah, you know, since uh, since we uh, came to 2021, Memphis is nine and two. I mean, they're they're playing really good basketball. And, you know, they the thing you mentioned to me, the key is defense. I mean, this is the number two uh, rated defense in Ken Palm. I'll be honest. I, I might have a little bit on the money line here. I wouldn't be surprised if this is an upset tomorrow. Uh, Ken Palm's got the line at 12. You think it's going to be that high? I, I'm kind of stunned by that. Nine and a half time. The market's going to, the, the, the shops are going to inflate Houston a little bit. And the market might start off on Houston too, just because of the way, I mean, they're playing good ball too. But no, yeah, gonna... they're Houston. I mean, they're a very good team, but I mean, right. this is a big game. You, listen, I would hit that number right away tomorrow. Uh, if you're getting 10, right. 11, 12 points, yeah. No, I mean, jump right on that. I'll be on Memphis too, for sure. A couple other games. Uh, Penn State at Maryland. Would you take over a possession with Penn State? Yes or no? 
Nah, I think Maryland's going to pound them tomorrow. The that that seems like a Maryland. I'm not going to lay the points with Maryland, but uh, I, I got a feeling that's going to be an easy Maryland win. Maryland coming off the Northwestern loss earlier mm-hmm. in the week. Penn State is like, oh, man, I, I I love their guard play. They kind of remind me of like the Big Ten's version of VCU when they turn you over. When they don't, it's gross. They blew out Minnesota at home. They lost by a ton last week to Purdue, a Purdue team, like you mentioned, that's playing pretty good basketball. We'll touch on that on, on Monday's podcast leading into our major conference tournament special. Um, yeah, I would I would lean towards Penn State um, just to keep this thing within a possession. We saw the last game was gross between these two teams. If Penn State gets any sort of perimeter offense, like they didn't in the last matchup, I think they could win this game outright. But I'm, I'm most likely going to stay away. Texas Tech at Baylor. Kempon makes this line Baylor minus nine. I think it's probably going to finish around there, considering Baylor almost covered against Oklahoma State. I got a little lucky on that, but Oak State also played really well in the second half, and Cade hit some big shots. Are you are you willing to take Texas Tech to keep this thing within a few possessions? That would be my lean. This is, I mean, this is where those Chris Beard teams really, really excel, right? Getting nine points. Uh, that's uh, I, I would lean Texas Tech again. I think they're a little overvalued a little overinflated not not necessarily in this game but overall uh, I don't love the team like I like I did a couple years ago but I I would lean taking the nine here I think you know Baylor's starting to play some more close games right the and it's I don't think it's just the COVID thing I think now that we're getting later in the season I mean heck these teams in the big 12 are good so I think they're still a little overinflated with the number sure and the one area of concern is with that Chris Beard no middle defense Baylor didn't shoot great in the last time uh, these two teams play, but they still covered as around four-point favorites. Texas Tech's perimeter defense, you know, people were calling for it all season. Is are, is their defense going to regress the other way from the perimeter, from beyond the arc? And it hasn't. Uh, they're, you know, bottom two, bottom three in the conference and opponents three-point uh, shooting. So I would say, yeah, I would lean towards Texas Tech. I'll probably be on the Red Raiders considering this line is going to be a few possessions. Texas Tech should be able to get to the rim against this team like Oklahoma State did in the first half. Uh, that's how you beat Baylor. That's how you at least cover against Baylor. Baylor giving up the third highest two-point scoring rated conference play. Texas Tech averaging the third highest offensive uh, two-point scoring rate. So I lean towards Tech. I think McClung, Santos Silva. Santos Silva, you know, it might not seem like the most important player to summon this game. I think he is. If he's able to establish himself down low against a, a Baylor front court that can be had, especially at the other end. I mean, they have no post presence. That's probably Baylor's biggest offensive weakness. Um, I lean towards Tech, and I'll probably bet Tech. Tech in Memphis. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I got four plays today. I got two Brinks truck plays. That's, that's more than I bet in a month. So uh, I got I to gotta, I gotta draw the line somewhere. I'll sit this one out. Recap on our bets. Georgia plus eight. Missouri State plus two. And Seton Hall, believe it or not, I'm taking a favorite. I already got them at minus one. They're, I believe, still two. I'm okay with Seton Hall up to minus two at St. John's. Real quick, in the tournament, will you bet any favorites? Yes, yes. Okay, but if you said no, that would bother me a little bit. We'd have to. We're gonna get some. We're gonna get some overinflated lines in in the round of sixty four. Um, okay, you know, we're getting overinflated lines right now. I think I think you and I, and we'll see. You know, maybe I'm about to jinx us. Knock on wood. I think we're we're starting to have a really good feel. Um, going into March, going into the NCAA, uh, NCAA tournament, I should say, which is a great sign. Uh, hopefully that keeps up.
Yeah, and uh, you know, I've been hot. I'm ten and two of my last twelve. But uh, now you're definitely going to lose all four years. Well, no, I was going to say if anything's going to stop that hot streak, it's going to be the four plays I give you right now. It's <laughs> American plus four, um, Indiana State plus eleven. It's hard to even say that. Um, over in UCLA, USC one thirty-five, and my late ad is Ohio State. If you can get that at a decent, see where that goes. D- decent number on the money line, I would go there. But uh, anything minus two or less. I, I can't bet Ohio State, but I would lean towards Ohio State, like Tom just mentioned. A great spot for the Buckeyes. That'll do it for today's BetQLU podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate and review our BetQLU podcast on iTunes and the Apple App Store or wherever you get your favorite podcast. And you can also download the BetQL app. They have a three-star play on Georgia, which I also like today. Download the BetQL app today in the Apple App Store or Google Play. BetQL tells you which side professional bettors are picking uh, for real-time line movement and historical betting results. Tom and I will be back for a special Monday edition of the BetQLU podcast, uh, breaking down the major conference tournaments. Man, I am so fucking excited for the NCAA tournament. It's going to be a great time for our shows on the BetQL Audio Network and for BetQLU. Go ahead. I was going to say, I can't wait. I mean, obviously we're excited every year, but when you take a year away, I mean, it's going to be great. I, I can't wait to get started. So special Monday edition of the conference tournament preview show, on BetQLU live on Twitter. Just be uh, on the lookout for that. At Eli Herskovich for a schedule update. At Tom, at the Tom Casale as well. We'll do a Saturday edition during the conference tournaments. We'll do a Sunday night edition, a special Sunday night edition at 11 p.m. Eastern on Selection Sunday uh, night uh, for BetQLU. A Wednesday edition for all of our favorite round of 64 bets later at night. And then a Sunday edition in the morning at around 10, 9 a.m. Eastern. If I decide to wake up early, we'll see what Tom could convince me on here. Um, we'll do a Sunday edition for our favorite round of 32 bets. That'll do it for myself, Eli Herskovich, and uh, Tom Casali. Thanks for watching and listening to another edition of, as I try to close out and my cursor is frozen, Beck ULU.